the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me. not funny anymore. He is unfit to be in the Oval Office. The government is launching Politburos of misinformation in the name of eradicating misinformation. The clip I'm about to play you has been redacted from CNN, from NBC, from clips on Reuters. It's been redacted. The press in this country that is supposed to inform the people on the malfeasance of government, on the crimes of government, is literally redacting prima facie evidence that the usurper-in-chief is unfit for the office. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah kleptocracy and clip the guys who are the kleptocracies <laughs> it is oh, funny god but it's disgusting because what this buffoon was doing at the time of this brain seizure was frauding the american people again to pay off on a bribe his family received and it's another 33 billion dollars and it's the same bull dung story Minus the girl from Kuwait crying in the way that at least the country deserves. In the meantime, he's here one month, one month after $30 billion with two $800 million on top of it to do it again. We've almost exhausted what we call the fancy phrase, the drawdown authority that Congress authorized Ukraine for, authorized for Ukraine in a bipartisan spending bill last month. Basically, we're out of money. And so that's why today, in order to sustain Ukraine as it, as it continues to fight, I'm sending Congress a supplemental budget request. It's going to keep weapons and ammunition flowing without interruption to the brave Ukrainian fighters. What about and the climate? Economic e- Joe, what about the climate? And it goes on to justify why he must pay back Kolomoisky, oligarch, and the Azov battalion with the Komedian pretending to be the government of Ukraine, for the money that his crack-smoking son and himself has stolen. That's what it's about. And it's getting out. There's some good news. It's getting out out there. This is one of the most shameful hearings I've ever ever seen. The American public's not... Uh. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs. Uh, now, did he just not say to accommodate the Russian oligarchs? Accommodate is good. And make sure we take their, take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts. Their lux- I don't think he knows what accommodate means. And this is when his brain seizes up. But the reality is this. Is there any due process in this? I mean, if we're going to start seizing which I'm fine with, seizing 
ill-begotten gains. Let's start with you. Let's start with your scum son and your scum brother and your dimwit sister. Let's start with Nancy Postop Pelosi with the implants and the 500 million. Let's start there. I like this. We're going to start seizing stuff from ill-begotten gains. Then let's seize all of the profits from Congress and the Senate through their insider trading law that they have broken and written themselves in a legitimate way to steal from public policy. That's what you're doing, stealing from public policy. And once again, I'm going to hear about the atrocities in Ukraine, which I wish to God somebody would have started reporting on seven years ago when the Azovs started killing innocent people. Now we're weaponizing the Azovs. It's going to turn out famously. I mean, it is just a comedy act. It is a disgrace. And moreover, there are no answers. Would it be a conflict if Hunter Biden traveled to China on taxpayer-funded plane to set up Bohai Harvest, as you know, I'm sure you're aware of it, which then poured money? Oh, yeah, I wanted to skip. Because it's not just Kolomoisky, that fat pig oligarch in Ukraine, that's going to benefit the money. It's China and the Chinese Communist Party. Because, see, that fat slob, Kolomoisky in Ukraine, he gave him just a little taste, just a few million, what, 10, 20 million. The Chinese communist gave Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and uh, John Kerry's stepson, the disgrace of the Heinz loins, $1.5 billion. What do you think they're getting in return? ...into a CCP surveillance company named Megvi. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, it's a company whose equipment is used in East Turkestan. Uh, and it was also sanctioned by OFAC regarding their biometric surveillance and trafficking of, traffic, tracking of ethnic and religious minorities in China. And, and furthermore, Bohive Harvest under Hunter Biden also facilitated a $3.8 billion deal that transferred 80% of the world's most lucrative cobalt mines in the Democrat Republic of the Congo to a Chinese firm that uses children as young as four years old to mine cobalt. And, f- and furthermore, under Hunter Biden... Uh, it's about bo- time these four-year-olds started carrying their own weight. But boy, oh boy, this Hunter Biden is a renaissance man of finance. He's in every aspect of finance. He's on natural gas companies. He's a liaison to Chinese and cobalt mining and all the rest of it. And you want me to believe that this isn't corrupt, uh, the true definition of a corrupted president paying off enemies of this nation because they bribed him. That's the policy. And the $33 billion, that's going to get rubber stamped too because the schmuck Schumer was uh, it, 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 shaming the halls of Congress, doing the same thing almost simultaneously. So they're going to fast track, once again, another $33 billion. And the end beneficiary is not just that fat pig oligarch Kolomoisky and the Azov Battalion, although they're going to reap the rewards. It's the entire Chinese communist government. Ohio Harvest has uh, also invested in the CCP-owned China General Nuclear Power Group, which was blacklisted in 2019 for allegedly trying to acquire U.S. nuclear technology for the Chinese military. I'm wondering if that's... if, if you-, you know, they should have done the deal with Uranium One when Barack Obama was in there, and the guy that now everybody hates, everybody loved. And these same Democrats scum, from Lloyd Austin to the rest of them, these same scum okayed the sale of uranium, 25% interest in Uranium One, to Russia. These are the same people that are now giving weapons 
to the fat slob Kolomoisky, the comedian president in the Azov Battalion in the name of a country, to pay off another bribe. I'll tell you what, to be a Democrat, the good news is most of you are just waiting around for some welfare, aren't you? I mean, that's why you keep doing this. Can't be you're too stupid not to see the scam right in front of your face, is it? Although they're not listening. Thank God. I feel cleaner just knowing we will never take a Chicago Democrat even as a caller. You view that traveling on that airplane, uh, which is funded by taxpayers and is, of course, official business. Would that be viewed as a conflict? Would you view that as a conflict of interest? Now, he's asking Antony Blinken, this beady eyed bastard who you wouldn't know his name if he wasn't polishing Joe's shoes in his ass for the last 20 years. Uh, Congressman, um, I'm here to address the State Department budget. I know what you're address yeah. our foreign policy. That's a political question. You're welcome. You're the secretary of state. I mean, I know you didn't get it in quite the way that Kamala Harris got the vice presidency, but you're supposed to look out for this country, you beady eyed bastard to take that up in uh, any appropriate. So, so you can't uh, answer whether you think it's a, I'm not saying it even happened. Hey, you think my show is going to pass the new Gestapo, the new uh, uh, Politburo misinformation thing? Or you think because, you know, I spot the fraud, the mafia that is the government and I call them out and I expose them for the two dollar whores they really are. You think it'll pass the the sniff test by uh, ferret face Merrick Garland, that Chicago scum gangster? You think it'll pass? wrong? I hope I hope so. I hope so. But if it I'm did, not, would I'm it be not, a conflict of interest? A, I'm not going to address a hypothetical. Okay. Well, if it did, budget. I'm here to talk about our foreign policy. Since since, since it did happen, at least the investments. Is it a conflict of interest? Again, I am. Not is it moral? Would it be morally wrong? Uh, well, you don't ever, don't you ever, ask a Democrat about morals? They have none. They're fascist scum, pretending. To be what? Hippies? Liberals? Get us to a utopia? It's not utopia. It's dystopia. It is, it is a gangster government run on bribes and payoffs and lies and corrupt banking deals. That's why the Dow Jones is up 600 points. Because it loves the fact that we think we're rich enough to print up $33 billion and send it to an oligarch that bribed the president. And then the policies that weaken our dollar strengthen... China, where Joe Biden isn't the only one that has investment interest in China. So does Wall Street. So do all of these companies. Because they're all in on this scam. And you think they're American companies? You think it's an American stock market? It's a corporatist index. And it rallies on fraud and lies and Democrat swindles. Um, I'm here to address the State Department budget. I'm here to address our foreign policy. I'm happy to... Would, it hand, would any of those things that I outlined for you... Would any of them, would you, would you say they enhanced U.S. national security or Chinese national security? Again, I'm not. I love you, Joe Wilson from South Carolina, but you're barking up the wrong tree. Because if you're asking a Democrat to have integrity, dignity, and morals, you might as well talk to a squirrel. Because I got my own little squirrel hands. 312-642-5600. He'll put you on hold. AM 560. The answer. There it is, baby. If I'm not mistaken, this was the theme music for The Apprentice. Yeah. You know, it's a long song. Ever heard a whole song? Great. It was only great when there was capitalism, when there was in some sort of sense of right and wrong and integrity, not this corrupt, oligarch-run country we have now. And it is. 
I'm going to get to your calls, but I want you to hear this real roach, Jennifer Granholm. Jennifer Granholm is a uh, Michigan, I think she was the governor at one time. Um, and to watch what she's done, not just to enrich herself, because she's owned a tremendous amount of stock and even some interest in some of these green energy boondoggle companies. But to just listen to this pig lie, it's something to see. Well, what did you pay for the last tank of gas that that you put in your vehicle? Do you, does your personal vehicle use gas? My personal vehicle is located in California, and I paid close to, well, actually, my personal. No, 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 no. You started to say what you paid, you lying piece of dung. And then you realized you're pushing that, that nonsense that runs on, uh, on unicorn tears, those electric vehicles that do more damage to the earth than 10 combustible engine vehicles, 10. You plug it in the wall. Where's that come from? Stupid. You started to say it. Then you caught yourself, didn't you, lying rat? Well, what did you pay for the last tank of gas that, that you put in your vehicle? Do you, does your personal vehicle use gas? My personal vehicle is located <laughs> in California, and I paid close to, well, actually, my personal vehicle is electric, but the, yeah. uh, my daughter's vehicle, who's with us, paid close to $5 a gallon. Yeah. How'd you know that? Were you on the phone with her when she filled up? Hey, stupid. You look like Phil Donahue, transgendering. Were you, were you in the car? You paid a tab? What do you know? You lying rat. You haven't bought your own gas in 30 years. You've been running on welfare, pretending to be important. The honorable. Yeah, you're honorable. Richard Niles. Uh, yeah, what I'm, uh, what I'm calling about, you mentioned Gary Rabine for governor of Illinois, and that's good enough for me. I have a lot of faith in your ability to know who's running for what, what office. And I'd like to ask you about your opinion on the U.S. Senator, uh, there's about eight people running for the U.S. Senator from Illinois, and I don't know any of them. Do you I have know, any? I know one of them personally, Matt Dubiel, but I, I, you know, I, I'm not involved in any politics in Illinois anymore. I've given up well, on it, and it breaks my but, heart as I talk to you and Niles, and I think about all of my family and friends who are not scumbags in on yeah, the mafia. Well, um, I mean, but you, I don't think that I don't think there's enough good people to matter. I think that uh, you could elect a can. In yeah. Illinois, if you said it was a Democrat, I don't think a Republican stands a snowball's chance. And this well, is what I told my dear friend, Gary Rabine, who I love to death. Um, and this is what I tell anybody. I mean, obviously, come on, Richard, you've been around a long time, brother. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's the only thing I can do in the, in the primaries. You know, I, I voted for that woman that you mentioned last time. Genius. And she didn't get elected, but uh, oh. then we got Secretary of State. Is there anybody that you know would be good for that? Anybody well, but Alexei Janulius, because I think Alexei oh. Janulius is a piece of dung. All right. He's been in on the banking scam. He was in a, he, he, he was in on the scandal that should have put him in prison when he mm -hmm. lost the money that people bought to put their kids through college in Chicago and in Illinois, and he walked on that charge. And he's got okay. so many connections, Richard. He's going to okay. be the next Secretary of State. But what I want you to do is come down with me. We walk on the beach, we smoke cigars, and we talk about how great it is to live in a free country. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. Illinois isn't a free country. Illinois has got a lot of problems. A lot, a lot of problems. And um, it's got a fat slob. Trust fund, baby. Never did a thing in his life. He's got a constituency. He does. Yes, he does. He has a base. I'm here today because I will not be silenced. Because I stand with you. Because we have so much that we need to stand up for, to protect, to fight for equity, uh, to do what it is that's necessary to keep our people safe. Illinois is a place where we love our people all. Yeah, very safe. 
I think of Illinois, I think of safety and love. I think of success. <laughs> By the way, that's for the transgender. You know, here's the thing about transgenders. Not all boys that have a three-piece set, meaning male genitalia, you're not men either. So you can't just flip men, women. See, Pritzker's not a man. He's a boy with soft, buttery hands who inherited money from... He is. He inherited money from his crooked grandfather. He's not actually a man. So for him to go up there and say, on behalf of men, I accept you, you got the wrong guy. That's not a man. He, he's in the right crew. Mitchell displays. Hey, uh, Sean, speaking real quick on your subject, did you ever read the book Double Cross by Sam Giancana's brother? He mentions Pritzker's father when they worked together. No, I, I, I didn't, so but I, I just happen to be from an area where everybody knows the only reason Pritzker has anything is because he was very good right. friends with a very, sir, a very very questionable guy. And they went to college together, and the guy was brilliant. Brilliant. And back yeah. in the day, nobody ever asked how you financed real estate. Nobody. You, you know what, Mitchell? Yeah. I could say, you know what? I like this guy, Mitchell. I like him. Mitchell, you go out and you buy a bunch of property. I got you, baby. And all you had to do was file <laughs> a lien. In some cases, you didn't file a lien. It was the greatest way to wash bootlegger obtained money. It really was. And you know what happens when bootleggers die and go to prison? Nobody comes after you for the money. Nobody. It's a fascinating story. I should write well, the book. You go ahead, Mitchell. Well, first of all, I mean, Pritzker, to say that the state of Illinois is safe is, 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 is both hypocritical and completely untrue. The fact yeah. of that is we have the highest amount of death. We have what I call the highest property taxes. you got to understand one thing about Pritzker, okay? Not only does he has never done a damn thing in his lifetime, but you have to watch what he says. Every word is beta tested. He never talks to you on the level. He always no. talks like he's prepared by 17 different what I call millennials to say everything is a programmed speech. And yeah. I guarantee you that I think he's not. It's going to be close. It's corrupted he is and people will know he's gonna walk in it's a welfare state he, his constituents are these welfare roaches it's gonna he's gonna win walking right. away here's the other thing illinois is safe mitchell if you're flying over it thank you 312-642-5600 we'll be back am560 the answer always makes me feel good thank you and I have to feel good when you realize the predicament that this country is in. And I'm dead serious. This, this, this administration should be in prison if it had its competency. It doesn't. It is an embarrassment. It is a habitual, just built on lies. Everything that comes out of their mouth. And by the way, when I left the vice presidency, I had a chance to do a number of things. But I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Is that how you made a million a month as a professor at the University of Pennsylvania? Because you know what that tells me? The University of Pennsylvania was in on the scam, which I'd like to see the money they got. And uh, presidential politics. Oh. And I, uh, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it, but it's hard. That's the other thing people don't realize. It's hard. Yeah, you were a professor. No wonder this country's in the position it is. Everybody's so fracking stupid now. Because of professors like you, John Milwaukee. Hello, Sean, and thank you for your absolute intelligence. First off, you should be simulcast on some of the Salem stations in Florida. But oh, I got to hire you as my agent. Go. Oh, <laughs> I work cheap. I'm retired. <laughs> right, excellent, excellent. 
HHS might tag you for misinformation, so I hope you're around for a long time, though. And Can I mean you believe that we, and I'm that serious about this, John. So you're retired, so you're an older man. You lived your whole life with that delusion now, which is apparently a delusion, that this was a country built on freedom. The notion that they can even mention and float some sort of a Politburo, a, a Gestapo, that it's going to tell you if it's state-approved opinion, state-approved speech, game over, baby. Now I really want to separate from these rat bastards. You don't ever even think that in this country. That is some Soviet bulldog. I can't believe the yeah. And I have yet to hear a Republican even utter the idea. I want it to the Supreme Court if you want to do it nice. Otherwise, let's. I, I'll tell you right now, I, I, in Florida, we will separate tomorrow from the United States. And I'm talking about even people that had, had historically voted Democrat. I don't know a person that doesn't think this man should be removed from office tonight i don't know one well they still have inflation high gas prices and they still blame it everything's still trump's fault or if it's uh, uh russia's fault it's never their fault they never look in the mirror i got a good i one do have go ahead go ahead oh I, I i have one question and then i'll shut up and i'll listen um with drop boxes i'm i'm from milwaukee we just had drop boxes up here for our mayoral election and this is not going to change anywhere Drop boxes, we have ballot harvesting. They're not going to go out and get new voter machines. Yeah. Why should I expect anything different this fall or uh, in 2024? I'll shut up, and I thank you so much. Well, thank I you, thank John. you for your intelligence. Thank you, sir. You very much. Here's the, here's the, the reality. This is why I, I always say do not bank on the hype. The states that tolerate Democrat corruption, the ones that are led by Democrats, they will have voter t- uh, results that favor the Democrats. The Democrats are built on fraud. Every single policy is built on this dystopia where the politicians, in conjunction with the hierarchy corporatists, have the moral authority to not only lie to you and keep you complacent, but it's their duty, their obligation to run things and sure it's corrupt but the democrat occupied states like it that way that's why illinois doesn't i'm sorry there will never be a republican anybody that wants to change that system there are too many inhabitants roaches welfare recipients and corrupt mafia members to ever change its trajectory you you, you saw that chicago 100 years of democrat corruption wallowing in the failure still has the audacity to tout some sort of decency or success or safety or anything else it runs on absolute corruption aldermen every all 50 of them get what 1.4 1.3 whatever it is just a slush fund for their little pet projects how much money have you spent in ceasefire how much money in anti-violence how much money in after school it's never enough because those entities have become recruiting destinations for the street gangs that run that city. That's why the laws are never enforced. And you think Chicago's alone? It's anywhere there's a Democrat. Anywhere. So to think that they're going to be offended by voter fraud, they live on it. They need it. They're legitimizing it. You've got all of these cities that have designated themselves sanctuary cities 
from our immigration laws. Why isn't there a city that can designate itself sanctuary cities from progressive tax or capital gains tax? Why do you just get to, what do you mean? You, you, I don't like the law. So here, we're going to get Democrats in and we're going to ignore it and forget about all the death, all the drug dealing, all the murdering and the rape. Forget it all. We're virtuous and we decide. No, we're not going to pay attention to that law. And the rest of the country says, okay, okay. Now you think they care about if those very people file a ballot? Come on. What are you kidding me? They love the corruption. You've got the best example of a political kleptocrat who sits in the office worth hundreds of millions, not tens anymore, hundreds, bribed from a country you're going to funnel $30 billion a month to, the whole time pretending we're not in a war. This new report that the Department of uh, Homeland Security is setting up a disinformation. Oh, no, that's a disinformation. Against the backdrop of the president's announcement today and request for this $33 billion aid package, can you say, is it the policy goal of the United States for Ukraine to defeat Russia? Well, look, it depends on how you, we're not going to define that from here. That's for the Ukraine, well, that's for the Ukrainians to define. So you don't have a definition of what your mission is, but they have a blank check and you're going to ignore you're going to blatantly ignore that this is the, uh, the the oligarch system in Ukraine. This is the administration backed by Kolomoisky, who was under investigation, that Joe Biden held a billion dollars of money to get her fired. Now you're going to pretend this isn't a payoff of that bribe. You're going to call it what? Or you're just not going to talk about it. You're just not going to talk about it. And the Democrat constituent voter, he doesn't give a rip because you know what he wants? Free money for college, free money for living, free money for food. You cannot reason with people like this. They have no dignity, no character, no morality, nothing. Look at their platform. Look at their how comfortable they are with their fascism the whole time waving a flag and telling you they're liberal. You're to the point now where your job hinges on them not enforcing some mandate, and you don't even know which one it is. You can't even argue against it. Because look at where you're going to go. Where? To the Supreme Court? You've got a dimwit up there. She's there because of her genitalia and her race, not because she believes in Americanism. By the way, how many people in this country do? 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. My disgust, my disdain for these roaches comes from the idea that they operate under a veil of virtue and that there are still people in this country that think they want the same success most of us want. High quality of life, strong currency, and unalienable rights. They don't want that. Every once in a while, they will let you know. Here's an administration hack who got there because it's a girl. I think it is. It's not my kind of girl. C. Rouse. We know that uh, when we're consuming fossil fuels, we're not paying nearly the cost uh, that is uh, generating from the social perspective. So the private cost I pay even at the pump um, is not reflecting the social cost of the emissions from my car. There's a social cost to organic fuel. Stop calling it fossil. Stop it. That's their word. It's organic fuel. There is nothing on this planet more organic than oil. Nothing. Nothing more organic than natural gas. Stop using the verbiage of the fascist scum. 
pretending to be liberal, pretending to be a Democrat. Expose them for what they are. So when a Democrat voting moron that you may stumble upon says, isn't it a shame about gas? You're not at the social cost yet. They'll tell you when. This good-for-nothing, do-nothing, nothing, woman, nothing. She'll tell you when it's enough. $5 a gallon, not enough. $8, not enough. You know when it's enough? When 90% of America cannot afford to drive. And the government, who's never paid for their gas, like Jennifer Granholm, scum, inside trading pig, never paid for her own gas, they get to drive. You people think you're free? You people are getting a little cocky out there with your Americanism, with your unalienable rights. You better watch yourself. Before you know it, we're going to have to implement a Gestapo of information, a Politburo, a Pravda here in America. Who better to do it than this political whore, this joke of a man, this dimwit in diapers? We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. You're a kleptocrat, you piece of dung. Ignacio, Spring Hill. Hey, they had a story this morning on the national news. They're talking about how so many illegal uh, Mexicans, mostly, who came into the country a few years ago, when the economy shut down because of COVID, they went back to the country that they said could not sustain them. And then now they're coming back again, which shows you they're nothing but a bunch of mooches living off our system and mailing their money back. Oh, well, I mean, did you ever you ever been here for one of those uh, Mexican Independence Days or uh, Cinco de Mayo? I mean, they like that country more than ours, right? You know, my grandfather came here from Italy when the kids, remember years ago in the 80s, the 70s, they had the Italian jackets. You remember that? He yep. would get livid if anybody put an Italian flag on their back. He said, you're an American now. Sean, you're an American flag. Sean, yeah. Yeah. I, became, I became a U.S. citizen by choice, all right? And I became American. I'm Cuban-born, but I'm an American citizen. That's where my patriotism lies. Now, can I ask you a question? Because I'm going to play Mallorca. I think it's like spotting yep. a spotted owl when you can find a bald Cuban. you got a thick head of hair on you, don't you? No, actually, I shaved it clean. There, I oh, got you wrong on. on this one. Two bald Cubans? <laughs> I never thought I'd see it. I was raised by a Cuban family. They have hair like Fabio. I can't believe it. Thank you, Ignacio. I appreciate Thank the you. call very much. How much time I got there, Disco? All right, I want to play a little bit of the bald Cuban because this is truly an atrocity. Mayorkas is the head, the head of a bureaucracy that is supposed to secure this nation. It's, it's insanity. Budget request, your budget request reduces the amount of bed space you request to detain people. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, our fiscal year 2023 budget requests 25,000 detention beds. And the numbers, as um, you have readily uh, identified, the number of detention beds over the last uh, many years has not met That's the Trump's number problem. of individuals. This is why they wanted them out, you remember? Because they don't need the beds. Because they're releasing everybody into the country. Secretary, have, have any of the 42 illegal migrants on the terrorist watch list or no-fly list encountered on our southwest border been released into the United States? Uh, Ranking Member Jordan, as I mentioned before, I will provide that data to you with respect to the disposition of each one. I do not know the answer to your question. They don't know who's here. What we know is there's 42 that triggered a list. Peter, Will Matt. Hey, Sean. Hey, uh, real quick. I know you're short on time. A good friend of mine, God rest his soul, uh, is 
Mexican, and he had illegals working for him on his construction crew. And he would always joke around whenever I'd show up to say, hey, and see what was going on. And what he would say to them is, tell Peter what you guys you know, are doing, basically. And they always said that they wouldn't have to fight to take back their land down southwest. They're going to F their way to it. In other words, they're just going to yeah. keep populating it and take it and, back. Well, the sad thing um, is, Peter, I, I am actually pro-immigrant without a welfare structure. I think there, some I of them no make problem. the best citizen in the world. And the problem yep. we've done is we've corrupted them so that they vote illegally and that they vote Democrat. And that's what this is all well, about. The, trick, the, 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 the backlash on the Democrats is going to be when they find out that the Mexican people, by and large, are conservative and Catholic, they're going to all of a sudden want to shut the border down. You wait. It's going to so. happen. I hope so. Yep. I've always wanted Thank a system you. that worked on American principles. That's all I've. I, that's all I ever advocate for. I don't want to keep anybody out, especially if you're coming here for all the right reasons. I need you here, because we have a big problem in this country. It's not foreigners coming here that are trying to destroy the principles. It's Democrats, Soviets, Marxists, communists, Americans, trust fund babies, that inherited their money and think they're better than everybody. So they want to shut a system down that proves they're better than nobody. They want to do it while pretending to be gods among men, the whole time turning everyone into slaves, except their corrupt government. It's, you could call it Illinois, but it's spreading throughout the nation now. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I have been looking forward to my next guest. He is the CEO of Good Money Framework. He's also the host of Good Money Podcast. I've seen him on NBC, Fox Business. Fox News, CNN, CNBC, and uh, even the Wall Street Journal. He's everywhere, and his new book is Good Money Revolution, How to Make More Money and Do More Good. Derek, Kenny, how are you, sir? Sean, it's great to be with you, man. I love your show. Oh, I can you. see why your listeners hold you in such high regard, man. It is an honor to be with you tonight. Oh, thank you very much. You know, um, part of the philosophy of the Enlightenment in America itself explains why we were the youngest and the richest, is that we believed in this notion of property rights. Other countries, since the dawn of time, have had money, but only this country used this concept of property rights to build a lifestyle that so many Americans now take for granted they're willing to give up the rights, the, pro the property right. Why do you think, you know, I, I, I'm into your book, I love it, and I love the idea of making money. I always did. But I'm going to tell you what I do. When uh, I see what's going on in this administration, what I see with the promise of extortion, if I were to be really good at making money, I'm going to be extorted more. And my money is going to go against my principles for a variety of heinous acts. Why do you think that um, so many American politicians hate the idea of money and private property? You know, when you say it like that, Sean, it really sobers me because... It really bothers me that people believe 
how you just described. It goes against everything I stand for as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as just a lover of freedom. And, you know, I believe that so many politicians, first of all, have no concept of what it takes to run a business and employ people and the sacrifices they make that are often behind the curtain. The people don't see the the paychecks they go without or the things they do to keep their employees paid, but it's a sense of how can we entitle future voters and basically get them locked into a system of dependence on governmental crumbs off the table. And I really feel like what's at stake in our country right now is if people are waiting and they're sitting there hoping for the next government bailout and the next president, whoever it may be, to toss more dollars their way just to buy them some time, they're going to die old and broke and very, very unfulfilled. And there's this concept among morons, we can call them Democrats for now, but morons, that the socialism, the communism, the, the Marxism, pick a fascist, fascism, comes from the bottom up. When the reality is, historically, it's always come from the top down because what it does is insulate the politician, the demigod, from the, the very restraints on money and property that he's willing to cast upon people in a very diabolical system of a progressive tax assuring that most people can never really work themselves up to wealth. Why do you think so many Americans buy the, the, the scheme of the second plague of Karl Marx's book, a progressive tax system? You know, it's such a great question. And what I would ask you, and we could kind of ponder this, is are people intentionally doing that, or are they so caught up in the rhetoric of whatever side of the aisle they're on where they simply lose focus on ultimately at the end of the day, at the end of their life, it's up to them to make choices so they're confident with their money and their finances and they take control of their future. You know, there's so many cultural ideas today that, you know, when I even heard this, I I took a second take, Sean, and I said, you know, when people would say, hey, people that have money are bad. People that have a successful business are greedy. People that are doing very well financially, they must have done it by ill-gotten gains. You know, when I hear that, I'm shocked. And on my podcast, the Good Money Podcast, I'll ask successful people this. And you know what they tell me, Sean? They say, Derek, we never hear that among our circle of friends, the people who are wanting to make money, who employ thousands of people all over this country. Nobody tells them money is bad. Get this. It's simply the people who know other people that have more money than they do because there's more money than they have. They're jealous of those people, and that leads to calling them bad. Marxism and, so and socialism is built on envy, right? I mean, that's what it's all about, envy. Exactly. And, and what I want to tell people is, look, you know, I'm 53 years old, and who knows how long I'm going to live, but I, I didn't write this book to make a lot of money. I wrote this book to help other people make money so that they wouldn't have to make more money because they they already know what to do. That's the whole point of the book. But when I think about this, people can choose to waste their brain cells and waste their breath and all their energy criticizing, villainizing Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Bill Gates, and pick the billionaire of the day. It doesn't matter to me who it is. Or they can look themselves in the mirror and say, look, reality check, 
the government is not going to make me wealthy. And, and on top of that, it's not going to make me sustainable in any way, shape, or form. It's up to me to grab this myself and go for it. And that's what I wrote the book for. Good Money Revolution is all about empowering people who've been told you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, and you're not strong enough to make money decisions on your own, and you don't need the government to tell you how to do it. You know what I've always loved about uh, capitalism, about America? These pseudo-intellectual elitists who inherit the vast majority of their wealth, and then they drive around and tell everybody how they should have a system where they can never acquire it, really mm. hate, hate the idea that a plumber from Eastern Europe can come here after being a Soviet, can live here for five years and acquire more wealth than he has in his entire miserable existence of being a trust fund baby. I think it really boils down to the fact they hate a system that allows people to reap the rewards of their own actions. Because what it does is disqualify the actions of sitting on your ass waiting for a check to come in the mail. And I think it is a diabolical system that has been used, this idea, to bastardize capitalism and turn things like the stock market, the market, the commodity exchanges into what used to be a, a forecaster of capitalism and backdoor nationalize it through corporatism. And I think they've successfully infiltrated the markets. Do you think I'm being too paranoid? <laughs> I mean, maybe you're tilted a bit there, Sean, but I, but I think, you know, when, when you think about a hardworking person who has worked all day at their job today, in many cases, not even a job they like or a job they don't feel like they're paid to match what they feel like they deserve. And then they come home and they see that inflation is rising and they see that the consumer price index is actually negative and they see that there's no more money in their savings account and they worry about the future. That's a treadmill that many people are getting really worn out on running on every single day. And I think right now, you know, we don't see leadership at the top that's saying we have a plan financially. There's, there's really no way out of this. We're sort of all watching this cliffhanger movie called The Fed 3 or The Fed Returns, wanting to see how the plot ends up. And that's no way to live. You know, what I like to think about is what's at stake here is, look, if you feel like that you're not getting paid what you're worth, but the old way, Sean, are banging on your boss's door and saying, look, I demand a raise or I'm out of here, and you might leave the job and you might get a raise somewhere else. The problem is the culture. You might realize, you know what, that's a toxic, that's a more toxic boss there than I had over here, or the people I work with aren't as family friendly or those types of things. So what I want to encourage people to do is you've got to think differently to do this. You've got to be willing to take some risk, but if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. We know that lesson so well. Think about three things in your current role, whether you're the administrative assistant or you're the corporate vice president. Think about how can I increase sales, reduce costs, and grow the business? If you can answer those three questions and, and tangibly in your current role and talk to your boss about it, story after story, Sean, I'll tell you, that come into my office People are making more money, they're more highly valued, and they become like an entrepreneur in the company, no longer just that hourly person punch the clock and leave. Now they're vested in helping the company grow, and typically that leads them to be wealthier in the long run. I'm curious to know your thoughts on um, the amount of punitive taxation that ultimately disincentivizes success. 
Um, I always strive for the most I could get. When I was younger, I couldn't get enough, right? More and more and more. And I'll never forget the first time I started to make money. There was an older man there. And he said, did you put your money away for your taxes? Did you put your money away for your taxes? You know, when you're young and you're making money, I got the, oh, come on, it's taxes. What's the big deal? And you right, get your right. tax bill, and it takes everything you've put away. And you say, what did I do wrong? They take 50% of my money because I'm good at making it. And it really did a number on me where I was like, well, you know, I was commodity trader. Why make more if they're going to take more? I can make enough to be very comfortable and stop. Go put my feet up. Have them rubbed. Uh, the reality is, are you concerned when you have promises from the government in what is the national debt and what it really boils down to is future taxation? When you have promises that ultimately will destroy the standard of success one can achieve if he plays by the rules. Are you concerned about that in the future? Yeah. You know, as a voice of reason, Sean, one of the things that concerns me is when there is a lack of incentive for people to do well financially. Okay, now let me park that and let me go back to a different topic for just a moment. You know, one of the things in, in the book, The Good Money Revolution, I write about that when people measure happiness as it relates to income, surprisingly, the income it takes to be happy is about $75,000. Now, for most people, depending on where you live, that doesn't cover a whole lot. But when you get above that, it's sort of a temporary, it's almost like a drug where you get a temporary high, then it takes more to kind of get that hit, if you will. So I've heard, I'm not talking from practical experience here. Um, I am. But in terms you're of, right. what's that? I said I am, and you're right, but go ahead. So, so when you think about happiness, the happiness equation doesn't take as much money. But here's what I tell my kids is it's always better to go make more money and don't let how the taxation, you know, the taxation structure holds you back. Because if you're working, let's say, with, with a good CPA or you're giving, obviously those can help you. If you've got rental properties, you can depreciate those. I mean, there's, there's different strategies out there. And I would just encourage people to say, not, not on face value, I don't want to make money because I don't want to pay more tax. Instead, now you want to think of it as a cost of doing business and say, I need to invest in other professionals that will help me better shape this wealth and grow it despite what is likely going to be higher taxation. There, there was a report done, I mean, probably 100 years ago. I think the number, Sean, was around 25 to 28% that people would willingly pay and not feel like they were being taken advantage of. Well, that has gone way out the window now. And I, and I do fear, and it's a real fear, that taxes will go higher, but I think people will have to be even more savvy with how they manage their money to protect it going forward. Yes, and that's the, you know, that's the profession of making money at a professional level. But the, phil the philosophy of where we're at, I have said for decades we are a socialist country because we, the people, have adopted something as simplistic as allowing the government to have tax withholding in your check, which was supposed to be a temporary law after World War II. Do you not? I believe that the country would be far better off if you eliminated that as it is unconstitutional and then made the people sit down like a businessman and write out a check. I think that would snap them into awareness and it would be better for the country. I'm curious to know your thoughts. You know, that's a very interesting thought. I'm not really 
consider that. But what it takes me to is when people use a credit card, which I do a lot of, and they don't keep track of it, and they're surprised by how much debt they've racked up in the course of the month because they weren't mentally taking money out of their billfold or their purse and writing a check. It just sort of came out electronically. I think, to your point, if we require that, it would be a much more bureaucratic structure to do that, but it certainly could bring awareness to the reality of possibly how poorly the government does in serving as our de facto wealth advisor. And it's that part I want to just give you. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but I, I, I think that Social Security is the most unconstitutional Ponzi scheme tax fraud that's ever been perpetrated on man. They, um, in essence, hired Madison Avenue advertisers to sell it as some shindig insurance policy. There is no policy. There is no chest. It's a taxation Ponzi scheme of redistribution. Should America eliminate Social Security tax, or are people comfortable with that level of socialism thinking that they actually have Social Security? You know, you know, if you were to take Social Security away, there would be such an uproar simply because, you know, if you're like me, there are certain parts of my life that I, I don't think of it as a comfort zone, but when it's about to be taken away, I recognize it is. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wives do that and, and I they think, threaten to divorce you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you know, could, could Social Security be better managed? Certainly. Are people living longer? Yes. Will, will some brave politicians need to step up and eventually really take responsibility and get us back on course? Yes. But until then, and, and I, I saw this having worked with clients for 25 years, many people just don't think about it. I, I think in the busyness of their lives, they're focused on working hard and providing for their families and trying to get ahead and have a couple bucks left over at the end of each show week to have some fun. And they don't really think about where is this money coming from. And so, you know, I, I think these are good ideas, Sean. I, I can see why, you know, you're asking great questions. They're deep questions. And I think they would, they would take a really deep dive to go to the bottom of the pool and, and kind of hang out down there and just pitch ideas back. That's why I got to finish your book and have you back because I've really enjoyed it. Derek Kenny, he's the CEO of Good Money Framework. Where can the people go to find you? Well, we've got uh, a special website, Sean, and you can go to goodmoneychapters.com, and we're giving away the first five chapters of Good Money Revolution for free. I want to get this message in the hands of as many people as possible, and that's the best way to do it, goodmoneychapters.com. Also, you can uh, look us up on Instagram at Derek T. Kinney, and we post uh, daily videos on how to make money simple and easy to understand. Goodmoneychapters.com is the place to download the first part of the book. Derek, I've had a good time. Thank you for joining me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. All right, I'm going to get to the calls, but let me explain something to you. I understand people live on Social Security. I get it. And for those people that still want it, fine. Participate in it. But do not pretend it exists. It is a lie. It is a lie you're comfortable with. And I know when I talk about it, the phone lines lit up. I get it. But you have to understand, if it's not the truth, then you're willing to lower your standards to accept the government lie. So then why not accept it all? I mean, before you know it, You'll be paying off an oligarch named Kolomoisky pretending it's Ukraine. Verlon, Southside. 
Well, to answer your question first, yes, people are comfortable with it, uh, this level of socialism. Okay, now, I want to elaborate on what you and your guest was talking about. Uh, you said it's like a, a comfort zone for a soon-to-be ex-wife. Well, no, it was sold as a guarantee, as a safety net for people sold at the as an insurance end of life. policy. So, well, it's sold as, as an, an investment policy, insurance policy. Basic, yeah, but basically what people hear is, when I get to 65, 66, or what have you, I get this check for the rest of my life, and this is going to help me pay my bills or whatever. And people, and people are decent. Most, uh, uh, the majority of Americans are decent, so they feel as though, well, if they can't get a pension from working, then at the end of their life, they should be able to have that, this basic level of income. But don't you think yes. it's an individual thing? Hello? Be yeah. Did you, do you not think it, it's an individual thing? Because if I can't opt out of it, I think, I'm a slave to it. Simple. Right. I think you should. If I would have been taught, let, uh, let, me, let, me, let me say, if I would have been taught, which a lot of parents don't, teach their kids to manage their own money, like the guy on the phone, was, uh, your guest was saying, if they were taught from kids to manage their own money, save their own money, invest their own money, there will be no need for Social Security. But, you know, most people don't pass that well, knowledge down to their kids. Well, so you they know what? Either, they either want There's a something pension. about life. When you have to do it, you figure it out. When you don't have to do it, you don't. And this government, this corrupt government that is printing up money and paying off political bribery is banking on the fact that the constituents, the citizens of this country, are economically illiterate. And you know what? Their bet is winning. Thank you, Verlon. You know I love the call. Nick Kenosha. Hi, Sean. Uh, just a really fast precursor to the story. Um, when I was a kid, there was a couple in the in the neighborhood that um, the girl had dreadlocks, and you know they wore tie dye and had Hippies drum circles and everything else like that. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you'd see them one day, uh, girls in a very nice sundress suit, and you see the BMW pull up. Because that was their that was their check. Oh, so, you're saying, uh, you're saying I, that they were welfare recipients who upgraded to a BMW? No, 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 no. I'm saying oh. their parents were clearly bankrolling them. Oh yeah, oh that's 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 so, what happened. Um, I'd rather have the, their parents bankroll them. That's that's parenting decisions rather than a government. But go ahead. But um, but I came up with the term trustafarian. So. I was I would say trustafarian. <laughs> Thank you very much. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is a unique circumstance how people who never did anything are very comfortable telling people how to do things. It really is. See, this is the the politeness to incompetence, to corruption, to stupidity, to politicians that I think has gotten Americans into this system. As you sit here today, and you realize that this. This political whore who was bribed by the Ukrainian government, represented by Kolomoisky, regardless of the comedian, it was when the other president was there, but Kolomoisky is always the common denominator who's been running that government, bribed Joe Biden for exactly what's happening today. $33 billion in weapons and support and money to secure their economy on a, on a day. Just like last month, as you found out terrible economic news. And $35 billion will be rushed through. I might as well say trillion. Because it doesn't matter to the Democrats. None of it matters. It's about 
an idea that they are trusting government to make all the decisions. They don't really care about the outcome because what they've learned is the plot of the socialists to implode America, to weaken its very structure. The more you bankrupt it, the more power government will get. This is the Cloward Piven overwhelming the system. We're going to have to put a stop to it because the Democrats can't. So we're going to have to do it, and you're not going to be able to do it in those Democrat hubs. You're just not going to be able to. Tom Harvard. How you doing, Sean? Good, Tom. Um, I basically, okay, I'm 67 years old. I paid into Social Security all my life. Yeah, you're right about the concept is wrong, but I paid into it, and I don't feel one bit guilty on collecting no, the Social and I don't, Security. And I don't, I don't want you to feel guilty. And you had your, your first thing. You were forced. You were extorted to. Here's my point, Tom, because there are all kinds of people in this country. But ultimately, if you have a bundle of rights, then you have the right to not participate. If you don't, then you're accepting a certain servitude you're comfortable with. And, Tom, I don't know if you're a, a wonderful economist, if you're a terrible money guy. I don't know any of that. But my point to you, Tom, is all of your life you were extorted money in the name of this Social Security. I, I, I hope to God you live 50 years, because if you don't, all of that money you paid in, gone. You know how many people in the country pay into the system and never collect it through death alone? That's true. It's that's, like a third. That's why they, they so keep raising the, the retirement age so that that happens and they don't want to pay it back. But I got one other, one other, you know, you're right. I wasn't real great with my money. I, I was in the skill trades. and I, Anyway. One other thought about Social Security. If they wanted to do it, then they should pay everybody, say, $10,000 at age 18, and you can't touch it until you're 65. And through the magic of compounding interest, you'd have something. The other thing, Tom, is this. If you would have done it privately, and you would have taken yes. $200, $200 every two months, and you put it, in, and you said, Tom, you sat down when you were tired, right? We're in the trades, but you were you had some free time on Sunday. And you said, boy, I like this company that this guy's talking about. You know, I like the logo and everything. After all, it's an Apple. It's a bit off. And you would have bought $1,000 of that stock when you were working your ass off. You'd be worth about $14 million today. And when you die, Tom, that company, that money would have went to your kids. Now all the money you paid in, it goes to nobody. It's part of a Ponzi scheme, Tom. And people are smart enough to pick up on it. And you sell yeah, Americans short when you say they can't do it. You sell them short, and you make them dependent on a government that abuses them. And that's the part I want to break, Tom. Thank you. You know what? what? I, you're what? right. And I'm just a product of the public education system. No, Tom. <laughs> no, Tom. Don't sell yourself short. Short. You would have figured something out if you had to pay attention. It's through having to pay attention that you become better, a better human being. When you think things are taken care of. What happens? You know spoiled children. You know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Right. And that's what this nation is, unfortunately. It's a bunch of spoiled children that are not upset when a political whore like Joe Biden cuts a check to a pay off a bribe. They're not upset when a New York political whore tells them how hard he's working for you. I'm Brittany Lewis with Forbes Breaking News. In remarks on the Senate floor Thursday... Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called for bipartisan support to send more aid to Ukraine. Earlier, President Biden made an additional request for $33 billion in aid. 
Schumer called this money essential as Russia's war rages on for its third month. Here's the New York senator now. So, Mr. President, it's been a good week in the Senate because two important things happened. First, we finally confirmed every single U.S. attorney that had been blocked by Republicans, making the country safer. Making it full of Democrats like Kim Fox. This is going on almost simultaneously because they're going to jam the money through. The money as your quality of life and every caller into my show sinks. The costs for all of the essentials has gone up. The future of even the base products of food are parabolic, straight up. The futures market, the option market, telling you that for the next year, you're going to be paying more if you can even get it. Our own food. And this scumbag is bragging about sending more money to a country that's only, only notoriety is that it bribed the current administration. And today, the Senate is taking the next big step towards enacting major legislation to create jobs, bring back American manufacturing, strengthen supply chains, and unleash another generation of American innovation. Hey, stupid. The numbers just came in. Everything shrank, even though you're funding it. Stupid. By the way, haven't you been saying this bull dung for the last year and a half? How many times are we going to hear how great it's going to be? If only we get to this utopian democratic dream. You could go there now if you want. Take a ride to the south side of Chicago. That's what it looks like when you get there. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Oh, now you're talking. Hey, we're going to recreate Vietnam. Let's at least bring the music back. Those BBQ Authority people, they have the best stuff. Sauce, I'll tell you what. And they're nice people. They're wonderful people. Naperville Food Truck Festival coming back to Naperville May 7th at the Naper Settlement. It's open to all ages. Enjoy over 25 of the area's best food trucks. There will be a live DJ, face painting, beer garden. Visit eventbrite.com slash Naperville Food Truck Festival to get your tickets today. They're five bucks. That's not too bad. Mike Schomburg. Hey, Sean. Yeah, the term is called petulance. It's when they stamp their feet and they hold their breath and they said, do you do it our way or I will absolutely do that. That's exactly what we got under Obama. He, he, he was the most petulant president I've ever seen in my life. This guy had everything going for him, and I think he looks just like his mom. Mac, I think, I think you're right. Mike, I want to ask you a question. When you were a kid, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're older because only somebody older would have that kind of approach in raising kids. When you were a kid, did you ever think there would be a, a, a righteousness in this country to demand not only something for nothing, I don't care what it is, but to demand that the government be used as a weapon against somebody who's good at making something? Did you ever think in this country? Because I'll tell you the truth. Not in a some... million years. Huh? I can't believe it, you Sean, our folks, they, they fought the, the war. They were the greatest generation. My dad fought in the Navy in World War II. Guess what? They came home and they created a society that we could all prosper in and for a long time. And then along comes Mr. Petulance. You owe me. Uh, you you got to give me, give, give, give me, me, me. It's shocking, Mike. It's shocking because the reality is all of the wars we fought, 
are the exact same ideology that inhabits the government today. Every war we ever fought ask, was against collectivism. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what your country you can do for your country. Yeah. And, and where did that go? That was a Democrat, Mike. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the call. Scotty, Mount Prospect. Hey, thank you, Sean. Love it. Drive home every night. Listen to you and make the ride much more pleasurable. The thank you, brother. Rush Sean where I live in here. Anyway, I just feel like looking at all the license plates, let's get it over with. Let's change the slogan of the state, Land of Linkard. <laughs> I love it. Land of Linkart. We could put a silhouette of Pritzker on the license plate like uh, the old uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. I like it, Scotty. Let's just admit what we are. Yep. Fat-ass welfare state. And, I love it. Thank you, brother. Yep. Joe in Florida. We're big in Florida. Yeah. 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 So if my understanding is that Social Security is actually a $59 trillion debt that isn't even recognized on the book. No, it's like the CIA budget. It's off the books. Yes. It's off the books. And, you know, uh, the guy, your guest you had earlier, you know, inflation is just a tax on everybody. I mean, the same loaf of bread I got a year ago, it's the same loaf of bread. Yeah. What it's really, you want to know what's interesting, Joe, to me? It's a reflection a mere reflection of what politicians did to your dollar. It's the devaluation of our currency. They just call it inflation because they want you to think it's by happenstance. Oops, it's inflation, rather than what it really is. Such stupid policies, they've devalued our currency. What's that? The government expense is going to go up, so won't they have to tax us more? Because, I mean, it's not hitting just my loaf of bread. They don't pay for anything, Joe. They have all expense accounts, brother. They haven't written a check in their life. Joe Biden, worth hundreds of millions, never bought a gallon of gas with his own money. Joe and Dundee, I didn't get to you, brother. Sorry. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so The worst part about being lied to is when it comes from an arrogant moron, whether it be Pippi Lystocking, the sorority temptress, or... The most obvious political whore to ever usurp the most powerful office in the world. Diapers Biden. I don't like how he shrugs off the problems the American people have. I don't like how he's so cavalier and the corruption we're supposed to ignore. I know somebody else who doesn't like it. Ah, he doesn't. He's been with me from the beginning. He's one of the rare spotted owls, like spotting a bald Cuban. He's a reporter with dignity and integrity. His name is Harris Alec. He's a reporter for the Washington Times covering these scoundrels. Harris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on, Sean. When, uh, when we first started talking about uh, political prostitutes, I was a little worried that was be my intro there. And I was like, oh, boy, what no, about I write no. that upset Sean? But uh, <laughs> you know, always love the intro. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on. Thank you. You hate him as much as I do. And it's obvious now. It really <laughs> is. And the problem I have is when they laugh at my people that are suffering. It really is something that disgust me that combination of ignorance and arrogance i've never been a fan of 
Um, but when you see how they just, oh, what are you going to do? It's uh, happenstance rather than the combination of corruption and incompetence that has destroyed the value of our currency. And they refer to it as inflation. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about it. Absolutely. I mean, we've, you know, we've seen time and time again that the Biden administration is not taking inflation seriously at all. Uh, when, you know, economists were saying last year, well, hey, you know, this $1.9 trillion COVID uh, stimulus bill can cause inflation. And then when there were the early signs of it, they laughed it off, they shrugged it off, and they said, well, it's transitory. And then uh, they shrugged it off again when obviously inflation was skyrocketing um, over the over the holidays by saying, oh, well, you know, but just driving demand, there's a supply chain crisis. Um, and then when they did kind of get serious about it, which was earlier this year, all the solutions they kept proposing were, let's just keep spending more and more money. Let's keep spending more and more money. Um, and as we've obviously seen right now, uh, there are some new economic numbers today showing the economy is actually shrinking. Uh, economic activity plunged over the last three months by 1.4%. If this happens in the next three months, uh, by definition, you're heading into a recession. And today, President Biden came out and said, well, you know, the economy shrinking is really just uh, because of small technical factors. I couldn't tell you what those technical factors are. I've, I've reached out to the White House multiple times trying to figure out what exactly they meant by technical factors. I, I received radio silence. Uh, President Biden didn't talk about what those technical factors were when he gave his big press uh, speech today either. And, you know, I think this just, this just kind of indicates that uh, for a lot of people, you know, they feel like the White House is not necessarily in touch with where there are, and there's a lot of economic uncertainty out there, and the administration is kind of uh, shrugging it off. I don't think they're in touch with what day it is. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip of him trying to say clipt- kleptocracy, which is funny to me as he is the head of a kleptocracy, and he is a kleptocrat <laughs> himself. Um, but this is getting to the point where the obvious um, unfit mental status of the president isn't just reflected in policies or his his uh, definition and description of our reality. But is there any talk that um, he's obviously getting worse? I think people are starting to realize that obviously, you know, the, the president's uh, an 80 year old man and, you know, uh, might not necessarily have the energy or the stamina to, um, you know, handle all of the country's problems. You know, I, I obviously can't speculate about his fitness um, for office, but, you know, I think that uh, the president campaigned, and, you know, we heard him say this time and time again that he was going to be, you know, this kind of a uh, man of action. He was going to run around. He's going to help solve some of the country's problems. And, you know, the problems keep mounting. As a matter of fact, you know, most people, I think, would say right now that uh, we're probably in a worse spot in 2022 than we were in, you know, 20, uh, 2020, 2018, 2016. And the you know, reality is that you have a 1981. Yeah. And, and, and reality of a president who um, just, you know, doesn't necessarily seem like he's, um, He's, you know, up to the task of, you know, fixing all these problems. And in and reality, too, more so than that, you know, more uh, more so than him just lacking the energy, um, there's just this kind of uh, unwillingness to take responsibility and address problems, you know, before they uh, are allowed to fester and become big issues. And inflation is the most obvious point. And even now today, you know, he was questioned time and again, you know, well, do you fear a recession is looming? Do you fear a recession is looming? And he just totally shied away from the question. And what's going to happen is, you know, and Six months from now, they're going to say, well, there isn't a recession, but the economy is shrinking. And then, you know, they'll eventually come around and say, well, yeah, there's a recession, but we'll spend our way out of it. And it's just problematic. And I think most people are really, really, really going to, um, you know, go to the polls in November. There's probably going to be a massive, you know, GOP, uh, a massive GOP landslide because the backlash of the president over this stuff is brewing. 
You know what's funny, too, Harris? I, I spent a lot of time in the financial world. And the redefinition of growth, the definition of GDP, uh, the definition has been skewed and, and, and really kind of leaning into the fraud of government creating the, and, and faking the velocity of an economy of money so that it could always have good numbers, good GDPs. It's not based on the actual cost. If you were to do it the old-fashioned way from the 80s or the 90s, GDP and, and, and where we're at would be three times as bad as, as the numbers we hear. When you can't fake it and you're funneling in a tremendous amount of money, when the government is reaping receipts that they call revenue and it's at record levels and you just keep doing the same thing of borrowing more every month, every month, and it's starting to get to be the perfect storm. And you hear the answer from the Federal Reserve saying, we've got to raise rates. And nobody talks about, well, when inflation was bad in 81, the Fed rate was at 16.3%. So what makes you think it's, it's, you're going to help rather than hurt? Do you think that they realize how bad and how tenuous this really is and how quickly this can go from a recession that you're, you're, you're finally having to admit to, to a depression that really looks very bad for the people? Uh, I, I don't think anyone really, you know, has a good grasp of... Uh you know, where the economy currently is. I mean, you know, prior to yesterday, people were saying, well, you know, economic growth is going to be around like 1% or 2%. And today it's like, well, the economy actually shrank 1% over the past three months. Uh, you know, I mean, we have seen uh, numbers so inflated. I mean, you know, when's the last time you've ever seen a president like, uh, you know, Biden come out and take credit for, uh, you know, creating all of these jobs, which in reality were just jobs that were still shuttered down from the pandemic. And, you know, the pandemic received a little bit and people started coming back to work. And, you know, he took credit for creating all these new jobs. But if, if you really were to do the math and if you really were to look at it, you'd probably find out that so many businesses still have not come back from being shut down back in uh, 2020 because of the coronavirus. And in reality, you know, the net economic gain is probably still significantly less than it was in uh, 2020. So, no, I don't think I don't think anyone has a clear understanding of where, uh, where the economy is going right now. And, you know, Every single time the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, as they're doing right now, it's, you know, caused recession. And obviously, President Biden's policies and obviously the lingering issues overseas could make this significantly worse. And I think we're kind of in a tenuous position right now, Whereas you said, you know, you can only hike interest rates so much without causing the economy to go into a tailspin. And, you know, the economy is still very much uncertain because of, you know, lingering issues with the coronavirus. There are still so many people who have not gone back. Uh, are on the brink of being lost because, you know, uh, the economy has just been so overinflated for the past uh, few months. The housing market alone is going to probably, you know, uh, have a significant blip when they raise mortgage rates even higher uh, when it becomes more difficult to construct houses, you know, uh, when it becomes more difficult to construct houses. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a contractor right now, you're you're in for a good, you know, two or three herds coming up and uh, you know, unfortunately, it's going to spread to other areas of the economy. As, as Contracts dropped 8% in a month. I'm a broker. I'm a real estate broker, and I pay attention to that stuff. And, you know, it's a, it, was a, it was a mention on Fox Business, but that's a big drop. And, uh, you know, here's the other thing I found funny today. Boeing came out and said, we really don't like the deal that we cut with Donald Trump because he locked in prices for Air Force One and, the, you know, the, the, the fleet for the government. Right, I saw that. And I'm, I was laughing, but the sad reality is all of this spending that the government has yet to do, 
and is still spending and they're cutting budgets and all the rest of it, they haven't taken into account the massive base cost raise of inflation in those budgets. So now what happens, Harris? Well, obviously, it's going to become significantly more difficult to, uh, to you know, get projects done across the board. We're seeing this with the infrastructure bill. You know, they passed a $1.2 trillion in infrastructure bill last year. Uh, but in some cases, you know, the cost of repairing and building uh, bridges is up 40%. The cost of cement is up significantly higher. The cost of equipment is up significantly higher. And that's because of inflation. That's also because of the lingering supply chain issues. It's just significantly more difficult to get products to the places where you need them significantly more difficult to transport um, uh, resources and goods and services. And that's also driving the price up. And, you know, now you've got a $1.2 trillion bill that's just throwing more money uh, at too few goods. And this is going to be a significant issue moving forward because, as you said, you know, the, the federal government is still operating under uh, budget or, you know, budget constraints that are probably set two or three years ago. And you're going to see that the federal revenue is going to go significantly less. Like on some of these infrastructure projects, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if, if a local county was planning to do, you know, three bridge repairs um, a year and a half ago, they're probably only going to end up doing maybe like one because the money's just not going to be there. And, you know, uh, everyone always says, well, Congress can come back and they can pass another bill and they could add more money to it. But, you know, Congress is stingy with this stuff. Uh, you know, surprisingly, you know, they love the big spending bills. But they never like to go back and add money to uh, to programs that are needed. And I think in, in reality, there are a lot of Republicans right now who are just worried that any federal spending is just going to, you know, be more fuel on the inflationary uh, fire. And yeah. unfortunately, President Biden is also talking about raising taxes, which, you know, in reality is, is probably only going to hasten um, any sort of recession because when people are paying more and they have, you know, and they're already losing purchasing value with their paychecks and now you're taking more money from them, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult. And I wouldn't be surprised if people are already kind of struggling to pay for gasoline, if they're already struggling to pay for housing and groceries and everything else, you know, I can't imagine how much they're going to be struggling more when, you know, Biden hits them with a big, massive tax uh, with a big, massive tax hike. Oh, yeah, we're just getting warmed up. You know, uh, Joe Manchin has been a hero to many Republicans. I never really liked Joe Manchin, not just because he was in the car with Robert Berg waving in the parade and always has been a loyal step and fetch vote for Democrat stupidity. And up until recently, because he was going to get thrown out of office, decided to have some fiscal responsibility. Or the fact his daughter worked for Big Pharma and was embroiled in a scandal. But he would make a perfect kind of Mitch McConnell Republican. Is there any uh, chance he's switching, as I heard? No, no. Everyone, everyone always asks that question. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is that, um, you know, uh, uh, Manchin is moderate for where the Democratic Party is, but for where the Republican Party is, you know, he would still very much be a, a liberal. I mean, this is the man who voted to uh, convict President Donald Trump of impeachment twice in a state that's one of the, arguably one of the most Republican states in the entire country. Um, you know, he is in favor of gutting the Trump tax cuts and raising taxes on individuals and corporations. Um, he is in favor of a significant amount of other policy issues that would put him very, very well outside of uh, the Republican camp. And the simple truth is, you know, Manchin's a smart guy, and he knows that if he would switch parties uh, when he chooses to run for re-election in 2024, he is going to have a difficult time getting re-elected because West Virginia is a Republican red state now. It's as ruby red as uh, as Wyoming and Kentucky and everywhere else in the country that's ruby red. And the truth of the matter is there are a lot of Republicans who are lining up to run against him. And I don't think he could win a primary in West Virginia. He knows that. Um, because he is just too far out of the GOP's political mainstream. You know, he's 
he has his issues with Democrats. There's a reason why he hasn't flipped, and that's because, you know, deep down he is uh, significantly more comfortable with the AOCs and the Chuck Schumers um, and, uh, you know, the Hillary Clintons of the world than he would ever be with the Donald Trumps and the, um, and the Mitch McConnells and uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greene. Speaking of one of my favorite villains that you just mentioned who you couldn't cast better in Hollywood, he looks like a gargoyle that should be on some sort of an old library. Chuck Schumer is a crafty son of a gun, however. <laughs> is it true that they are uh, eyeing using the, the war between the Azov, Kolomoisky oligarchs, and Russia to uh, Corona Package aid? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that uh, President Biden actually came out and announced today because he called on Congress to pass this uh, big $33 billion Ukrainian aid bill. Um, and he wants to pass it along with this $10 billion coronavirus bill that uh, has been stalled in the Senate. Now, this coronavirus bill, uh, from my understanding, it's not all that controversial. It just gives the federal government money to, to purchase more um, vaccines and boosters and uh, coronavirus treatments. Uh, but the reason why this bill has not gone through is because the fact that President Biden, you know, has been very, very clear out there. He says the coronavirus is receding enough that they're going to cancel Title 42, the uh, the emergency uh, pandemic order that allows uh, immigration and customs forces to just deport people when they're trying to enter the United States. He wants to cancel that. He wants to allow illegal immigrants to be able to enter the United States to seek asylum, to be released inside the country for a while. They're waiting to figure out if they're going to be allowed to stay permanently. He wants to cancel that because he says the coronavirus is over. But at the same point in time, too, he's asking for $10 billion, and he wants it immediately because we still have to continue fighting the coronavirus, and it's still here. The uh, the mental gymnastics that you have to kind of go through to understand that logic is very, very difficult. <laughs> um, but it is something that is uh, something incredibly controversial. And look, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they have a special way of thinking, I think, as we know. Uh, but look, this coronavirus bill probably would have passed had President Biden decided not to cancel um, Title 42 because of simple fact that it was negotiated. It, a lot of it comes from money that um, has already been accounted for in the prior, you know, coronavirus bills. It just pulls all that money together and says, well, you know, here, buy more vaccines. Uh, but they can't get it through because Title 42 is so controversial that even Democrats are running against it now. There's some really, really liberal Democrats running for Senate who, you know, you would imagine are in favor of uh, abortion on demand. They're in favor of jettisoning filibuster. They're in favor of canceling fossil fuels. But they really, really seem to like Title 42, at least as of right now. And that's one of the same reasons why Biden and Schumer are deciding to, you know, pair these uh, two bills together, the Ukrainian aid and the coronavirus, because they know that if they had a clean bill on COVID and if the, if the GOP was able to force a vote on Title 42, it would pass the House and it would pass the Senate and it would look like a massive rebuke to President Biden for pushing this essentially open borders policy. Um, and it's something that they're not willing to do. So they are politically weaponizing aid to Ukraine in hopes of forcing Republicans and shaming them uh, into allowing this COVID bill to go through without their Title 42 prohibition because they think, well, you know, worst comes to worst, we'll just, you know, hit Republicans on the head and say, well, you know, you're willing to let Russia have uh, gobble up, up all of Ukraine because, you know, you, you, you just want this little immigration extraneous order uh, yeah. to go away. But in reality, even members of their own party are very upset about the fact that Title 42 is being scrapped. 
Why don't we tie it? Why don't we ask, you know, this would be see, this is why I should be a reporter with you in the, you know, in the belly of the beast, because I'd like to ask, why don't you tie the Ukrainian <laughs> weaponized bill to a climate change bill? This way we can hire a scientist to convince these morons, Democrats, that war is actually good for the climate as we use our weapons <laughs> to blow up gas depots in Russia in the name of social justice. I think I could do this. What do you think? Well, I think that's definitely an interesting way to look at it. Um, you know, I think one of the big things uh, right now, there is actually kind of a climate bill that is uh, in, in the early talks. It's uh, between Manchin, Murkowski, and a handful of Republicans. No one really thinks it's going to go anywhere. Uh, but if it does, you know, it's going to be a fairly friendly climate bill because, you know, Manchin represents a heavy coal state. Murkowski represents, uh, you know, the oil kingdom of Alaska. So, you know, it's not necessarily going to go where Democrats want it to go. Uh, but I think, yeah, but I think that's, that's a really interesting question. Yeah, nothing says climate change like blowing up a Russian gas depot and chemical plant with American weapons. It's wonderful for the economy. Just hire one of your sexually frustrated dweebs in a a lab coat to tell everyone it's good for everything. Nothing uh, also says combating climate change uh, like putting sanctions on, you know, the importation of Russian oil. Because, you know, I I guarantee you whenever this war in Ukraine is over and whenever they choose to integrate Vladimir Putin back into the international community, Everyone is going to be talking about how great it is that, you know, Russia has decreased its uh, fossil fuel uh, exports. You know, they won't talk about the fact that it's because of sanctions, but, you know, you know, in 10 years time, you know, you'll see a lot of Democrats saying, oh, you know, Russia is really a leader on climate change. You know, it doesn't matter about all the human rights violations or anything else. Well, listen, I went long with you, but I love having you on. Harris Alec, Washington Times. And if all fails, we can open up our own band and we can have a song called War. What is it good for? Absolutely everything in a corrupt <laughs> mafia government. Thank you, Harris Alec. Always a pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments. AM 560, the answer. <laughs> Everything. Corruption. So the Democrat mob to smuggle all their money, pay off, try. Contracts to his dimwit brother. Man, they keep playing the same thing. So I'm listening to Nancy post-op Pelosi on some sort of a Demerol VO high, talking about how she's going to help the people. The Democrat roaches can never learn. This is Celia Rouse. She is the chair of the economic advisory to the dimwit in diapers soiling the Oval Office as we speak. We know that uh, when we're consuming fossil fuels, we're not paying nearly the cost uh, that is uh, generating from the social perspective. So the private cost I pay even at the pump um, is not reflecting the social cost of the emissions from my car. They want it higher. They've got the perfect scam in place. They've got their idiots believing that everything they do harms the earth. At the same time, these scumbags are sending bombs to blow up gas depots and chemical plants. Only a fracking Democrat could come up with such a beautiful lie and their idiot, guppy constituents go, "Uh uh-huh, I think I like it, because they're morons. Bonjour, you cheese-eating surrender monkeys. I agree with you, groundskeeper Willie. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean, how are you? Splendid, how are you? Thanks for keeping me aggravated. That's what I do, baby. Yes. Uh, You know what? I used to listen to Hannity and, you know, when Trump was in office. And, 
you know, something would come up and he'd go, oh, the Democrats are in trouble now. The Democrats are in trouble now. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And it's going on to this day. And we need to throw that whole that whole bunch out. Oh, I, 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 and I'm going to tell I, you I don't know thing. what to do. Republicans, Republicans that vote for this Ukraine, Republicans that didn't want to look into exactly what Joe Biden was as a political bagman as a apparatchik of the oligarch Kolomoisky of China. These are the same Republicans that never mentioned Ukraine. As Ukrainian government, both this administration and the previous, were killing Ukrainians. Killing them. They don't want to talk about the civil war that was there before this. They don't want to talk about yeah. the fourteen to 18,000 people any more than the Chicago Democrat scum wants to talk about the fact that more people will be shot in Chicago, New York, New Jersey, and California than Ukraine. Bar none. It's not even close. Well, they don't want to talk be, about it. They got to be thrown out, too, the Republicans. Throw them all out. It, it is it's a smoke and mirrors thing. It's don't look here, look over there. And the reason is, the real agenda is what I just played by Celia Rouse. This is about control. It is about devaluing the dollar. It is about taking the quality of life in America low enough, slow enough, so that the people adapt to it. And before you know it, they'll be asking their abusers if they can go to work, how far they can drive, and if they have to put a dirty rag on their face. Thank you, Dave. But you got me, baby. And we're going to fight back. I don't bend knee to these corrupt bastards. Honorable my ass. Honorable. There's not a sitting politician that's honorable. Maybe 10%. Maybe. And that's only because they couldn't find a scam high enough to buy their vote and their dignity. These political roaches. Listen to this. Parenthetically, if you think about it, what was the reason why we led the world beginning around 1905, 6, and 7, and 8? 1905, 6, and 7? Because we had 46 states? What's the answer, stupid? This idiot should be ripped out by his collar. He doesn't know what day it is. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> that's just pathetic, man. And that's edited, redacted from all other news outlets. That's only in a handful of places. They're running cover because they're profiting. It's all always about the money. It's the money. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Done. Thanks for taking my call. You know, you talk about one of the most horrendous big scams that you can imagine. These big, gigantic car batteries that they make and everything. They have to do so much destruction to the earth with all the big holes. and big, It's mining. They're against mining. They shut in our, in our country, and they have to do all this mining. They all rare earth metals. are all toxic and everything, super toxic. When these batteries go bad, you can't do anything with them. They, they are unbelievable. Proof. They were worried about a little bit of mercury. They were worried about a little bit of incandescent light bulbs. You know, these big gigantic batteries, all toxic. Who's, what are they going to do with it all? Craig, who's got the con- you're exact, we got a bad connection. You're exactly right. Who's got the contract for all the natural resources in Afghanistan? China. Who paid off Biden, China, who has Wall Street investments that will reap the rewards of that very criminal contract between China and those wife-beating, daughter-mutilating savages who are now the good guys called the Taliban who are running China. 
This is a compromised political whore. Would it be a conflict if Hunter Biden traveled to China on taxpayer-funded plane to set up Bohai Harvest, as you know, I'm sure you're aware of it, which then poured money into a CCP surveillance company named Megvi? Um, and- yes. Yes, that's criminal. I don't need a, a, a theory, a question. This is what happened. Arrest him. Arrest them all. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, here's a question I want to ask you and the listeners tonight. As you know, Putin's on the march. He's going to take the Ukraine, and he's going into Moldova. Is he going to take out the weak countries and then go for the NATO countries, or is he going to stop while the, the iron while, the, while he's got a chance? What do you think? I don't believe the propaganda that he's going to advance to other countries. I don't even think he wants Ukraine. I don't. I think he wants the water that was shut off to Crimea. Was starving out the people. I think he, I think he wants the stop of the of the civil war that was slaughtering people who spoke Russian and practiced Russian Orthodox. I think he wanted the 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 NATO weapons and bio labs stopped in Ukraine. But I don't know. They're bad guys. They're both bad people. You know why? They're uh, Soviets. All of them. Of course. All of them. So I'm not going to pick my favorite Soviet. I'm not going to pick my favorite oligarch. Right. What I do want, I want the money. What are we getting for the money? And what about the climate, Robert? Thank you very much. I mean, after all, you've got to drive electric vehicles. And you can't get your own natural organic energy, organic, beautiful energy that makes the quality of life incredible and freedom abundant. You can't get it because it's bad for the environment. But to blow the dung out of chemical plants and, and fuel depots in Russia... That's good for everybody. Only a Democrat could come up with that. Greg in Lake Geneva. Hey, uh, how you doing, bud? Good. You know, first of all, the one caller said, thanks for keeping me aggravated. It's like, for some reason, when I listen to you, it calms me down. (laughs) (laughs) I I have the faintest idea why, bud. Well, well, listen, because you know what? I'm going to tell you what I think, and then I want your input. It, it, to walk around and, and know you're carrying a lie, know you're accepting fraud right in front of your face is something that whether you can articulate it or not eats at your soul. To just let it out and say, I see what you're doing and you're not fooling me. I may be inept. I may be unable to stop you, but I will never accept the lie you're spewing out of your pie hole. I think that makes oh, absolutely. Me I don't good. believe any of them. Yeah. I think that makes people well, feel a news break. There's only a few yeah, of us. Yeah. You know, this isn't as popular as it should be. But there's only a few of us. But at least we're together. And for three hours, we got each other. That's why I think you feel better. Go ahead. That's so special of you to say that. Anyway, during the news break, it had Nancy Pelosi, one of my, oh my, anyway, talking about, oh, we're working on legislation to work on the rising gas price. And the, oh my, God. on top of everything else, now they're going to mess this up. <laughs> now they're going to pick our pockets even more yeah. and enrich themselves even more yeah. and cause more havoc and chaos for us. And at the same Why? time, at the same time, her economic advisor is telling, saying the quiet part out loud. You're not paying high enough yet. You should pay more. Yeah. After all, you're polluting the earth. Thank you, Greg. I went along with you. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for calling. I'll be back after this. AM 560. The answer. Man, it's fast. I want to play this MSNBC guy, but boy, oh boy. 
want to take Ron and Carol Stream. Ron, Carol Stream. Sean, I hear you playing Def Leppard. I love it. And your nice. previous caller who said, uh, uh, you know what, I got to move back to the, the original call. So I see, uh, I see a text here from someone saying Hillary Clinton is about to pour $80 million into the, uh, you know, w- using her leftist activists. Uh, to be in charge of elections. So what are we going to do to keep our elections honest this time if we don't have Republicans standing there, conservatives standing there, and don't allow them to cover up the windows? They'll only be honest in honest states, which means the Republican states. The Democrat states are built on lies, and that's what their biggest problem is, freedom of speech, which is why the Democrats are chanting for a Politburo a Gestapo, to regulate no, right. American speech. So, And what you're talking about is the uh, it's oh. Tanya Epps-Johnson, who leads the Center for Tech and Civic Life. It's CTCL. She said on Monday that they're going to put $80 million to, uh, right. for elections. Let me, uh, let me so. just say, even even if I'm living in Illinois, it won't be for long, I'm going to go to those polling stations and apply as a you know an election judge. Good. God damn it, they're going to... If they're going to get anything by me, it's going to be at a stiff arm. I like it. Good for you. Have your. Uh, Thanks, I always. Hey, I always care a couple hundred folded up for bail money. Hey, I think hey you guys were you guys were great at the Dan Proft uh, uh, roast. Fantastic. Oh, nice thank to meet you, you, Ron. Yeah, thank you, Dan Proft, radio personality with no personality. Um, MSNBC said the quiet part out loud. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates all of its nominees or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else and the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election he's describing exactly what happened only he feels good about it because those billionaires mark zuckerberg scum did it for the democrats so it's okay then see what he's railing against is the idea of free speech of the public square where you could say anything, where there wasn't a government Politburo. This is how they show you they're not liberal. They're fascists. We're the liberals. We don't want to force anybody to do anything. But we will not be forced. See, that's the difference. Tony, Riverside. Hey, Sean. Hi, Tony. Earlier I wanted to get a hold of you, but, you know, good for you. Join the crowd. The girls love me. Yeah, Yeah, great. Yeah, I know. You know, I remember I'm board of trade people. So, oh, yeah, sure. but you know, the guy called in a couple hours ago, elderly gentleman who yes. obviously listens to you, values your opinion, as do I, yes. asking you, who do you recommend for senatorial? I've called him before. Now, you just can't write all of us off. I can't move right now. I've got an 88 year old senior living with me that I care for. I understand. And yeah, Peggy Hubbard, you got to yeah. start, you know, you broadcast here in Chicago, Sean. Yeah. You need to start. Giving us some hope. He asked me who I who say, I know. I don't know wait, anything but about. Wait, Peggy but you Hubbard. start. You say start at the you say start at the grassroots. Run for election board. I'm an election judge. You say go for the school board. Well, then maybe you need to start giving people some options on the state level because we need a senator there. Mm-hmm. We need a senator and, besides Dick Tony, Ed Durbin. Tony. Oh yeah, that's rough. On we can't know if we could say that. But here's the thing, Tony. Um, I I believe all of that. If you had a constituency of integrity I, these are people I that voted it, for mike madigan these are people that voted for a governor <laughs> who's on fbi tapes with another governor who went to prison and they elected him anyway 
These are people but so Sean, beaten there are down. those of us that didn't. There I are those of us that have What I'm saying to you, stuck. Tony, is right. But you have to recognize that. And you have to forecast to make sure your kids aren't or your future isn't. To pretend. I get it. To pretend Pollyanna that Illinois has a Republican Party is to ignore Richard Dick Irvin, who is a Democrat shill scumbag fraud. Yes. Getting money and well, running as a Democrat. Here a little bit. So that's the help problem. Help us out here. When an elderly gentleman calls in, at least come up with an answer. Uh, Sean doesn't lie. Nobody ever liked it. Curse and a blessing. I'll be back in 21 hours.